It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go to the Cliff Central account. Tap connect. Then message to show. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. CliffCentral.com. All about lifestyle, relationships, cause and get. From Cassie to the bird. From Cassie to the bird. Good morning and welcome to it. It's that time of the week once again when you get to listen to myself, Dimisho Masha, and of course my wonderful colleague here, Mr. Mono Tete. Say something, man. Yeah, welcome back to the show. You know, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There you go. See, when I ran the desk, it just went smooth. Everything was perfect, uh, eh? Number one. But you know, you're, you're brilliant. Uh, yeah. Oh. How did it go last week? How did oh. it go last week? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to know because um, two days ago, it was Youth Day, uh, mm. which is June the 16th. And right. you guys were talking about that just last week. How did it go? No, it went, it went very well. Hey, uh, the guests, I mean, we had poets in the studio. We had people who had trademarked their hairstyles. It was People quite a trademark. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it was a very good show. Needless to say, um, had poets, Pucci was describing cars and. Did some. everyone remember? I mean, the, the the reason for that public holiday that people seem to enjoy by going out, having wonderful brides and having a good time, but. Do, we, do you think that people still remember the reason behind it? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. Um, it, it's just, it's a different meaning now. It's a diff- it's a different kind of celebration. Mm, so, mm, so mm, if we had to celebrate, we're celebrating it in a different way. And yeah, you celebrate whatever, however way it means to you. And I think mm. that was, that was the big thing that I got from, 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 from our guest last week was that they were celebrating it from from where they understood it. So the poets were doing some poetry slam stuff, you know. Yeah. So it's also being expressed in different ways. Some people have expressed that the youth of today don't have any more feelings that we should be pursuing uh, the idea of what happened in our past as South Africans. You know, a lot of youth, I've heard uh, myself say things like, why do we still make movies in South Africa about the past when we should be focusing on uh, the future. Do you think that the youth that you had in the studio, because I believe that most of the people that were here last week were under 30, believed in the fact that, you know, this is an important part of what our present is about and where our future is going if we know what our past is all about. Exactly. I think so. You know, you know, everyone is painting this doom and gloom picture of our youth. I mean, Mm. those guys are changing for me. They're changing the face of it. So it's not as dismal as Everyone might think it is mm. It's just also There's a new culture That's forming So with that culture Comes different ways Of doing things Expressing themselves yeah. You know uh, And 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 I mean the, the one poet For me She stretched my boundaries Because she was talking about How girls should carry Condoms and stuff I was like what? Wow. Okay You know yeah. But that was a poem Talking about condoms And hana 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 I was like whoa She's like rather condomized And I was like How about we abstain? Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's a difference in, yeah. in, 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 thinking. in thinking. But you know, a lot of people have said, especially the older generation who were part of the 76 uprising and of course the movement have said that every generation needs its own purpose. It needs its own reason to be its own revolution. What do you think the youth of today believe their revolution and their purpose is all about? Man, it, that changes. I think with time, you know, this morning I was listening to, um, Wittenberg. Yeah. And, and for me, they, they, 
they represent a modern sound, but at the same time, they take me back to Mpaganga days, yeah. for example. And, and the, 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 you can hear their music is particularly South African, Very. but the sound at the same time, you can't place it because no. it's so modern. No. It, it's so global in exactly. its outlook, right? Yeah. I mean, that Mpaganga thing for me, it, it, like, it was, it was resurrecting sounds that I hadn't heard, you know, the Maotela Black, you know, the Maotela mm. Queens, Queens yeah. um, uh, you know that kind of sound, man. It, it's just smooth to the ears, you know, and and you know, like whatever words can't describe. Yeah, music definitely fills music the definitely gap. Can. You know. Well, we've got a lot of other things to talk about today. Uh, uh, not least of which is talking to Mr. Craig uh, Williamson, Wilkinson, Wilkinson, Wilkinson like the swords, yeah. uh, about fatherhood in general. So uh, today we're talking all about fatherhood, and we're talking what it means to be a father. And of course, a lot of things have happened over the past week that we'll get through as well. So don't go anywhere because in the show we'll be talking about styling tips for dads. We'll also be talking about where to go on Father's Day, which is coming up on the twenty-first. Father's Day needn't be just getting soap on a rope or a new or bus strap. Or a tie or hey, Jesus. the biggest piece of chicken on a Sunday. Oh. No, Father's Day is actually about treating your father to something special. And we've got something to tell you about that uh, you can use on your father. Or if you're a father, maybe you can suggest to your family to do for you. And, of course, we've also got cars and gadgets as usual. Hell yeah. But uh, to kick off the show, a lot of things have happened over this past, I'd say, a couple of days. Like from Sunday till now that have just been... Out of this world, unusual. First of all, there was the major Omar Arbashil scandal that happened where uh, he came through for the AU summit and then the ICC issued a warrant for his arrest. Mm. And uh, yet he somehow managed to get out of the country. A lot of speculation about the SANDF also being uh, held at gunpoint while they were in Sudan. So that put a lot of pressure on the government to release the guys. That was a hit drama. drama, eh? Hey. It's tiring, man. This drama is tiring, you know? But the thing is, a lot of people put up um, the argument that, look, they want to arrest Bashir, but why don't they arrest people like George W. Bush first? Mm. Why don't they arrest people like Tony Blair? Uh, so on and so forth. And they mentioned all the atrocities that the West had done, but nobody's actually ever trying to arrest them. Uh, that was food for thought for me. Yep. But the one thing I thought about that, I thought, you know, maybe we're, we're, we're veering away from the real issue here is, that's true. Yeah. There, there, there are crimes to humanity that the West... Uh, has has done um, But do we not as Africans Find that it's time that In spite of what other people have done wrong It's time for us to right our wrongs Yeah yeah, And, and that's normally forgotten Yeah You know uh, I mean we've got a, a, a Cape Town activist here In, in, in Craig Who is uh, you know uh, <laughs> Speaking about his father And, and, yeah. and, and how, how they will I mean they, they Craig, where did you grow up? Because uh, there's a lot of places you grew up at. Mainly South Africa, bit of New Zealand, bit of Botswana, but mainly South Africa. You see, so mm. he he loves the chocolate. Mm. I mean, he loves like uh, you know. He loves the African sun. There we yeah, go. Yeah, there, there, we go. There, there we go. There's go. nothing like it. I mean, Craig, you, you, I'm sure you've heard about uh, all the things that went down and so on and so forth uh, this past weekend. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's just uh, also the other thing. Bearing in mind that the Sudanese people themselves actually do not want Omar Al Bashir arrested, mm. which I found like mm. okay. So who does what and and who moves <laughs> first? Gosh, it's very complicated. I, mean, look, I think the basic principle is right is right, wrong is wrong, and wherever you are and whoever you are, no matter what your background, you know that doesn't change it. You know, and, and we need to we need to promote what's right and fight against what's wrong as human beings. Yeah, wherever we find ourselves. Okay. Uh, and before we get deeper, but I want to uh, go to another topic. I don't know if any of you guys watched the finale of Game of Thrones this uh, How past How whack Monday, was right? that? <sighs> whack. Look, 
I, I enjoy the show, the drama, the, the, the quality of the production, the script, but it's, it's, it, it's an end of season and you leave it on a finale where you're like, what happens next? And now we have to wait another year to find out. Mm. And, and there's still no resolution to the past five seasons that we've seen. There still <laughs> is no clear resolution. Did you watch it, Craig? I didn't see it, so don't spoil okay. it. But, I mean, that's their whole goal, isn't it? Yeah. To keep you do hanging. Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy Game I, of Thrones? I do, I do, I do. I love it. All right, well, you yeah. should watch this one. But uh, I found that it was a bit of a damp squib, actually. It was, it was whack. I was waiting for something to happen, and once again, and nothing yeah. does. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, they kill the stock boy. Uh, uh, well, you know, like, we can't mention that for and, and spoil it for people who haven't seen it yet. No, but I it mean, was. You like, don't have DSTV, then you shouldn't be watching. That's the DSTV. star of the show. It's, it's who everyone watches the show for, and he's yeah. gone now. So yeah. you're thinking, yeah. I'm not and sure. And that's the guy you who were hoping. Root for? That's the guy you were hoping to rescue. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the the family name, and and you know that chivalry is dead. I think chivalry is dead. But don't you think that that. Not, not with ways. you guys in the studio, it's not. <laughs> hey? Not with you guys around. I don't know. I don't know. But don't you think that that sometimes is how life is? I mean, Craig, um, what Game of Thrones has taught me is that you can believe and think that this is the new leader or someone who will create a change, and sometimes life just doesn't seem to work that way. You're right. Or, or do you think maybe, uh, how do I say this? Our, our contemporary society no longer believes in fairy tale happy endings in a way. And even what we thought of as not necessarily fairy tale, um, but that good will triumph over evil exactly. at some I point. Mean, I'm still a sucker for that. You yeah. know, uh, uh, and it seems like maybe our contemporary, uh, I don't know, society or audience just quite doesn't see that. Do you think that maybe the producers of Game of Thrones have, have, are, are, are steering us in that direction or it's something that they've seen that the market actually believes and wants? Well, I think, I mean, you're getting very deep here for a Thursday afternoon. You realize that. We have to get deep. There are times where evil prevails. Right? Yeah. I mean, there are countries where evil prevails for many, many years, decades. Yeah. You know, uh, We've got yeah. them in Africa. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that is the reality of life. So, so the good guy doesn't always win. But I think, yeah. you know, we all maintain the hope that ultimately yeah. good will triumph over evil. I suppose maybe the good guy doesn't win when you expect it. Exactly. Not now, end. but ultimately. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, think if, if you look at our own uh, struggle in South Africa, the good guy eventually won, which was uh, human rights for all. Yes. In the end, but if yeah, yeah. you were sitting somewhere in nineteen, let's say, seventy-eight or nineteen eighty-three, correct? You think how long? Mm. How long have we been going through? It's nineteen eighty-nine, yeah, yeah. and yeah. then boom, turns yeah. around and everything has changed. Yeah, and the Zimbabwe situation is another one. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just dragging on and on and on and on and on. People mm. are suffering, and uh, but there's hope. We, we we hope brings eternal. That something mm. that something will change. Well, today we are talking fatherhood, so let's get right into the topic. You guys are fathers. I'm about to be a father. Yeah, so I'm we're going to school you today. <laughs> I suppose the, the great thing about this show, when I thought, okay, this is what we're talking about today, is for all those people out there who are new fathers or about to be fathers. Um, I'm feeling things that I actually never thought I would feel before. You know, uh, I'm feeling a bit of anxiety, but at the same time, I'm feeling a lot of excitement. And the biggest thing for me, and I want to, I want to pose this uh, first to you, Craig, is being a father. What does that mean outside of being a provider? And is it pro- possible mm. to be a father with, with and do all the other things, but not be a provider? Especially you, you, financially. Well, I mean, if you're not capable of or unemployed at some point in mm. time for a period and you can't, yeah, I mean, I mean, some guys find themselves in that situation and, and it, it doesn't invalidate you as a father at all. Mm. I mean, let, let's just start out by saying that being, becoming a father is the single biggest thing you ever do in your entire life. It, I mean, everything else is reversible. 
Being a father yeah. is not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. to make you a little bit more okay. nervous. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> if I had any commitment <laughs> issues, well, they're, they're going to come to the floor. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the party, yeah. buddy. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're one I of mean, us. I mean, one of us, you can join us on this one, right? Um, you're, you're a young father yourself. You're a young man. Young, and, sexy father. Uh, okay. Don't push it. So, yes. yeah, you know, I mean, uh, no one else uh, agrees. There's no consensus on that. In the no. Oh, no, you don't but, need But you keep telling, you fake it till you make it, brother. Anyway. You, you yourself have just recently been a father. It's almost a year now. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, nine months. Nine eight, months. Eight eh? months, but it will be nine on the twenty-fourth. And w- Craig said it's it's irreversible. What was the biggest? What, what has been the biggest change for you? Where where you suddenly it, it just clicked and bang? Was it on the day your daughter was born, or no. a couple of days later? No, it, for me, it's it's an ongoing process. I don't know about you, Craig, but it's an ongoing process where, like, I still get shocked. Like, I'll have the crappiest day, mm-hmm. right? And you look at that smile mm. And everything just becomes unimportant mm. Mm. Or you'll have the best day But then when you get home It just it just gets elevated okay. So for me, I think what, 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 uh, what you will pick up on And please don't celebrate Father's Day with us Right here, right here as of yet You're close, I, I'm not you're there, there but you're not I there I haven't been to the no, bush no, I'm not a man no, yet I can't no. sit at the fire you're with no. you guys Wait, When are you two? You're no man <laughs> On the f- uh, well, I'd say July, mid July. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah. 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 Celebrate with us. No, no thanks. No, for thanks, what? Craig? The life for is there. The life no, is there. For what? You know, you, these young fathers. No, they, no, no. no. He can't fathers. celebrate Father's Day with us. We've got enough ties and stuff that to, to go on. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna pass on some of the gifts you got? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh right, yeah. Cool. No. So, so I think the gift of life for me, it's it's. You know, the first week, or I generally say for me, the first month, mm-hmm. uh, that was mommy and daughter time. Yes, you, you need to be there. You need to be present. You need to be changing diapers and all those cool things that come with it. But the biggest thing for me is it grows on you. Yeah. You know, I get surprised every day. Like, like yesterday, she, she, she's now walking 10 steps as, of, as opposed to like three, four steps, you know, and, and, and different nuances. So, I, I just only wonder or wish My only wish was I wish I'd done this earlier Oh, okay You know, I wish yeah, I'd done yeah, this earlier yeah. To grow up with my kids And to, to, to literally, you know like, Yeah, man, life to is just To experience a different kind of life yeah. Because without the kids I mean, I've, I've noticed with myself That I've left it quite I wouldn't say late But it's at the right no, you're time late, for buddy. me you're late, <laughs> But there are certain experiences that I've that that I've never really experienced. Um, Craig, when was when was your first one? How old were you when your first one? Was I born? was thirty. You were thirty. Was yeah. that a girl or a boy? Uh, my boy. All right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what what changed in your life at that age? I mean, thirty. You're just mm. coming out of your twenties. Mm. I suppose there is some sort of stability that is happening in terms of your work life. Yeah. How how many years were you married? I had been married uh, four years. Four years yeah, as well. Yeah, so there's yeah. some stability, yeah, stability yeah. in the in the marriage life. You're yeah. used to being a married yeah. man, but you're not quite um, someone we can call an, an older guy. Especially in your mind, I don't believe that you were feeling that way. You're still quite a young man. No, very much so. What changed for you as a young man at that stage? Well, everything. I mean, as I said to you, just you know, just to really scare the the heck out of you, it everything changes. I mean, your whole life is on its head. You know, your freedom, your ability to travel, your um, time, your sleep. But as BC said, it's, you know, it's both the most scary and responsible thing you ever do in your whole life, but also mm. it's the most beautiful thing you ever do in your life. Okay. And that's why I say to guys, I mean, you cannot possibly uh, look ahead and, and, and put a balance sheet together and say, this is the plus and this is the minus. You can see the minuses, the diapers and the, and the sleepers, yeah, the nights and the money, but you can't possibly anticipate the good because something's birthed in you with the birth of a child that's just outrageous. But having said that, I also don't think that 
it's for everyone. I, 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 you know, I, I'm not. I'm the kind of person that says it's not selfish not to have a kid. I think sometimes it's very selfish if you do have a kid when you're not ready or shouldn't. Or you know, I mean, you got to you got to count the cost and do it because your kids need you for the rest of your life, and you need to be there to provide in every way, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. And if you're not prepared to do that and count the cost, then I don't think one should do it. Of course. Um, and how many kids do you have now? Two. But here's the thing. That right? he knows of. <laughs> Thanks, BC. <laughs> you said one shouldn't do it, but I think not everyone plans to be a father. I think sometimes no. it just happens to you. What happens yeah. then? I mean, you didn't plan it. It wasn't your idea. Probably wasn't even your decision. Yeah. Um, how important is it for, for men to realize that those things don't really matter, whether you planned it or didn't yeah. plan it? The thing yeah. is, with every, I suppose, milestone in life, certain things happen to you and you've just got to yeah. adjust to them yeah. to the best of your ability And sometimes And I think this is what We wanted to talk to you about As well Craig Being a good father um, Is that one of the best Investments a man can make 100% Look for me I think it's 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 a no brainer No choice investment The point is You brought into this world Whether you planned it or not You did the deed That led to a life You know Whether whether you wanted to or not You did mm. And so and you, and you have this life That is now there In your hands And, and you're 100% Responsible for that life So no matter, no matter What the circumstances when you have a child, you, you've got to step up to the plate as a man and say, I must, I'm going to do everything I can, physically, emotionally, spiritually, to provide, bless, you know, grow this child. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Monobisi. Yes, sir. Are you still with us? Yes, Is there sir. Anything you'd like to add? Because, I mean, here you are, right? Uh, you got a beautiful baby daughter, Lasha. <laughs> and uh, for you, having a daughter first, yeah. how has that changed your relationship with women? <laughs> It hasn't really changed it in that it's just highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's highlighted the fact that women are to be celebrated. Okay. And, and you know, uh, a lot of people who know me would know that. I feel like I'm being interviewed, but anyway, uh, a lot of people. We are who, talking. We're yeah, no, a chat. Just interview a bunch of men sitting here. The fire yeah. Talking about fatherhood, man. Yeah, man. No, the, the one key thing for me is that, like, I, I honestly wanted a boy. Hmm. Right, I really wanted a boy. I wanted the roughness. I wanted, you know, to 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 actually grow with uh, uh, a boy and carry on the Tete name. Call it that. Was that was that a, a black thing for you? Was yeah, that what I, I don't know where I it mean, came from. I, uh, is, that, is that a Kosa thing that you wanted to really be that man yeah, it's, it's a blood and have thing. a man to carry the family name? Yeah, the bloodline. Yeah, okay. The bloodline right, right. means a lot to me, but. You know, having a, a girl, it's sure it's changed my perspective. It okay. really, it really has humbled me in 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 more ways than 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 I could imagine. Okay. And it's also taught me a lot. It's almost like I'm unlearning a lot of things and yeah. learning a lot a of lot things, of things at the same at the same time. Okay. So it's just a whirlwind of things. Which, for me, some days you're geared up for, and some days you really aren't. Okay. But like Craig says, for me, I take it in my stride, and it's important. Like. For people to 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 celebrate their their children because it's an extension of you. Whether it will no longer be a tete or whatever, but the, the, either way, either way, there's an extension. You, there's you an made extension a of on the, on the exactly. World. Uh, Craig, I mean, as as a white South African, do you guys do you have the same anxieties about the sex of your firstborn uh, child? Or let me not even say anxieties, but anxieties for. Continuing your family heritage and lineage through a boy child. 
I think that's pretty universal, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think most people in the world have that. I mean, you get some guys who just want to have a daughter, but I think if you ask guys, most guys are, are, would be honest and say, yeah, I do want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a mini-me thing, maybe? Is it just the, mm-hmm. the fact that there is a little person who actually, almost frighteningly, is so much like you, you can't imagine? That's not necessarily a good thing, eh? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, you get that. Where yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this person is so much like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is mm-hmm. driving me crazy. Or they're not like me at all. Yeah. They're generally not like you at all. I mean, they're bits and pieces that you see of yourself. Okay. But, uh, right. but they're all absolutely unique characters. I mean, you get two boys in the family that are born close together that are just totally different characters. And that's the beauty of being a dad is okay. to try and see the essence of who your child is and bring that up. And, and you've got a boy and a girl? or A boy and a girl, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so nice mix, eh? the birth of your daughter. Mm. You know, um, how was that? How did that feel different, or how how were things the same um, compared to when your son was born? Yeah, look, it's the same and different. I mean, a girl, as BC was alluding to earlier, you you have a completely different sense of protection over. You know, you you, you feel. I mean, as a, as a girl grows up, especially she, she's now eighteen, my daughter, and becomes a teenager, your 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 level of protectiveness is just through the roof. You know, oh. with a boy, you feel you know he's he's a boy, he's rough, already. he doesn't have the same kinds of risks. You know, I mean, boys mm. generally don't get sexually abused. I mean, they do, but not yeah. as much as yeah. girls, yeah. and they're, yeah. they're able to protect themselves. So your your sense of being a protective father just goes through the roof with a, with a girl but both of them are just absolutely it's just such an astoundingly beautiful experience yeah. I mean you fall in love completely but uh, but slightly different kinds of relationships um, and also you know of course the second born um, benefits from, from all the mistakes you made you made the with first, the first one you know, yeah. but uh, you wrote the book called Dad what yeah. inspired you to write that? Well, ultimately, two things. I mean, when when uh, my son was eighteen three years ago, he wrote me a, when I when I had a birthday. He wrote me a letter. Just was, the, sorry, say it again. Sorry, he was eighteen. Yes, he was eighteen. Yeah. yeah, it was three years ago. Um, on my birthday, which was in March, he wrote me a letter just saying thank you, Dad. One of those unsolicited, unplanned thank you, Dad. He called me my he- his hero, his role model, his best friend, but most of all, his dad. I mean, it was a tearjerker. I mean, I literally did. Cry when yeah, I read this letter. Yeah. A couple of nothing times. like children to make a man. Exactly, cry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that, and I had written, I'd done a lot of work in townships with men and fathers, mm. and just seen the the absolute devastation that uh, fatherlessness causes in South Africa. And um, I'd seen with my daughter, you know, a, a quick story of my, when my daughter was three, she had to have an operation on her heart. And I asked the surgeon if I could go into the theater with her, just hold her as she went under anesthetic, just mm. to minimize her trauma. Mm. And then if I could be there when she mm. came around, and, and we did. And a month later at our house, we had this gathering of friends mm. and family, and one of them said to Blythe, oh, Blythe, I believe you were in hospital recently. And she said, uh, she said, yes, my heart was broken. And she said, but my daddy fixed it. You know? Oh, wow. So, yeah. you know, that, that struck something in me. I realized mm. that I was this man who was a hero. I could fix her heart. I could, And I realized I held her hand, her heart in my hand. Mm. So that kind of journey, my journey with guys, in the townships um, um, and, and men and fatherlessness and, yeah, and, and then that letter and yeah. that letter that letter finally because I'd written quite a bit and done quite a lot of work and that just said you know let's put this all into writing mm. uh, what started you on that journey to actually talking to fathers mm. talking about fatherhood uh, this is something that you obviously started before you wrote your book it is indeed, yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, my journey as a father, I was a single dad for some time. You know, okay. I divorced about eight, ten years ago. So about six or seven years, I um, was a single dad. My son came to live with me. Mm. And um, and I saw a lot of his mates that had really struggled without having dads, you know. Mm. A lot of them were, had either bad relationships with their dads, mm. no dad, or the dad was present but not really engaged. Mm. And just the impact that it had on them and my daughter too. So I saw firsthand the impact. And I just saw my incredible joy about being a dad. And then, of course, also working in community. 
communities uh, with economic empowerment and seeing that you know poverty is an issue, but a bigger issue is fatherlessness. Okay. Um, and and that really struck me. And then just doing a lot of research into masculinity and fatherhood and, and the impact it has on society. Well, what do you think, Summer? If you can put it into maybe we can talk over five points. What yeah. are the key points that you you believe make a father? Or a man, a great father. Hmm. The important things, just five uh, short ones. Okay. The first thing is that you, you, we father out of who we are as men. Okay. So the first and most important thing is, am I whole and okay? All right. As a man. All right. Because I can only give what I've got, and if I don't have it, I can't give it. And also, what I do have, I'm going to give. If I've got dysfunction, bitterness, prejudice, uh-huh. whatever, I'm going uh-huh. to pass it on. So, uh-huh. you know, the first step is look in the mirror and see myself: Am I the man? Hmm. Not not a macho man, but am I whole and okay and authentic and real? Uh, the second thing. Well, I let's start. Let's talk on, on that. I mean, uh, can you ever be really okay, authentic, whole, mm-hmm. and real? I mean, completely, or is it is it basically the best of that that you can be is what you should pass on? Great question. I think you. I think it's a lifelong journey. So yes. I think the key for men is to look in the mirror and say, "Hang on a sec. You know, I've got to be this man for this child, mm-hmm. boy and girl. Mm-hmm. Let me be the best man I can be. Let me be honest. Let me let me see mirrors. Let me allow input All into right. my life. You know, so." Mm-hmm. Be on the journey. So right. I talk about the parallel journey, the journey of being and becoming a whole man as you raise your boy and your girl to become a man and a, and a woman. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. So the second thing. The second thing is I think is to absolutely see your child. You know, we all have this desire to be seen. Huh? Yeah. I mean, people often fall in love with the very first person that gets them. You mm-hmm, know, she'll mm-hmm. come and say, Dad, you know, I mean, this guy could be a complete disaster. Harley Davidson, you know, the dress, yeah, whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and she says, oh, but Daddy gets me, you know. Yeah. And, and I think we as fathers have to get our kids, see them. You know, if I'm a Rambo yeah. and I, and my son is is a, a sensitive um, dancer or you know poet. I must see the dancer poet. You know, I mustn't try and project the Rambo on him. So I must, of course, I must see him or her. Yes. So I think the second thing because, is because uh, everyone is valid. The dancer poet is totally, just as valid totally, as the Rambo, and 100%. sometimes, in fact, more valid because you don't w- always want to shoot everybody. Sometimes you just want to absolutely. Talk you know, to yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so if, I, if I'm a rugby player, my son's a dancer. I must, I must see, love, nurture the dancer. Mm. Uh, so I think. The, the, but how do you how do you balance that? Mm. I, I love what you're saying there because I mean. So often as fathers, we want our children not to make either the same mistakes that we did or to mm. succeed or, and do better at what I did. So if, yeah. like you say, you're the rugby player, you were the, uh, the academic and you, you maybe didn't make it to the spring box and here now you have a son and you can see the potential in him. Mm. If only he would stop doing ballet, which is valid and he's a really fantastic mover, but you, so if you just took those skills and put them on that field and played wing. You know, you'd, you'd go further than I do. But at the same time, that's not really the plan for your son, but they're too young to know it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what, how do you how do you deal with to that? Sure, I mean, these are good questions. I think you've got to distinguish between mistakes that you made in your life and identity. Mm. And they're different. So, I mean, if your identity, your identity is what you're, you're passionate about, and what you are gifted at and what you're interested in. And so that's what you've got to identify as a father. So their passions, their, their interests and their, their skills. So I can't force and change that. Now within that, uh, okay. arena of passion right. skills, let them not make mistakes. But All let right. me not force them into uh, a square peg when they're actually around, you know. But I suppose the important thing, and uh, I'm sure you'd agree here on OBC is also, when you're a father, giving them the opportunity to totally express themselves, yeah. but also give yeah. them options. Yeah. So if your, 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 your children want to do ballet and want to play rugby mm-hmm. and want to do tennis and want to play piano, absolutely. Actually make those things available because totally. yeah. it's in the experiencing of those things where Very they one so. day realize either I want to be a fantastic uh, rugby player with 
skills of a ballerina. I want to be a ballerina with the toughness of a rugby player and, and that sort of thing. Uh, how important is that, BC? Yeah, well, the All Blacks uh, are all being taught uh, ballerina on how to slide from tackles and mm. that. So it's, and, it's, and you can see how effective that's made. Yeah, right? I mean the number. <laughs> geez, I mean, f- how many sides in the in the in the in the quarters? Uh, there's three, four, three or four New yeah, Zealand yeah, yeah. sides, eh? Four. Mm. Four, mm. actually. Four. So, but so what you're saying there is create the opportunity for them to discover themselves. Oh, yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just give them, uh, as, as, as many things yeah. that they can play with, literally, 100%. as yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. And they will yeah. decide what exactly. they, the, yeah. what they prefer yeah. and what they don't by Very just much seeing. Much. But they won't know what's out there until you show Correct. them. Correct. Yeah. 100%. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, what's the scariest thing for you about fatherhood right now? You know, I think honestly, if I if I was to be honest with myself, the, the the scariest thing for me is that financial security. I think, in terms of being there as a father, I think um, that's something I would want to do, and and that that ties in also with uh, the financial side. With I want to be there, I know I need to be there, um, but also having a balance of being there and being able to be elsewhere to provide for them, mm. um, and and for me, provision is a big deal because. I believe that you can't give your, your children maybe the options in life that, that, that they would need if you, if you don't have, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and pretty much that's, that's, that's about it. Craig, what would your answer be to that? Well, I, there's a lot I can say about that. I mean, one, one person said that sometimes the poorest father leaves the greatest legacy in his mm. children because sure. he was there. And, and I often say to guys that it's your presence, more than your presence that your mm. kids want. So, mm. I mean, the provision is, is, is crucial. I mean, we can't give them schooling without money. We can't give them clothing. Yeah. So, I mean, that basic provision is absolutely crucial. But I think a lot of guys make the mistake of thinking they have to provide the latest and the greatest of everything. Mm. Mm. So, they're actually pursuing keeping up with the Joneses and, uh, and often it's for the parent too. So, so you have a lot of competition amongst parents. Where do my kids go to school? What kind of birthday party can I give them? What kind of, you exactly. know? And it's not a, you know, they want you. They absolutely want you. You are the most important man in the world. So they want you. So, so you're right. It's a balance. Eh? I mean, how can I give them me, but at the same time give them the kind of financial support that they need? And that's, that's the, that's the key yeah. balance. Craig, we've got a, on, on WeChat, uh, on our Cliff Central, um, account. We've got a listener. Uh, a, a listener by the name of Kaya. Big shout out to Kaya. She hey, says, up, Kaya? Uh, I'm a single mom who grew up without a dad. How do I raise my boy to become a responsible man? Great show, guys. <laughs> well, thank you, Kaya. <laughs> Is that a question mark after great show, guys? Oh, no. No. no question mark. I was like, okay, is she asking or is she telling? It's a statement. Yeah, it's a statement. So how does she raise her boy to, be recom- to become a responsible man? Kai, I think what you, what you need to do, I mean, the fact that you asked the question means you want to and you're probably doing a fantastic job as a single mom. So, mm. so congratulations. Mm. I mean, you're doing the best mm. you can. Mm. I think it's very important to uh, get involved in his life, older men, whether it's a grandfather, an uncle, a coach, a teacher, you know. So, so give him, if the father's around, um, you know, do whatever you can to get access to the father, no matter what your issues are with him, uh, so that he can see his dad and his dad can play a role. If his dad's a bad role model or, or abusive anyway, you know, then that's not such a great so thing. So if he's a jerk, we must still allow him to see his son. Depends how much he's of a jerk he is. Depends yeah. how much of a jerk. If okay. he's if he's a damaging jerk, don't let him get involved at all. But if he's uh, but if know, he's if it's just your opinion that he's yeah, a jerk, yeah, uh, and and yeah. to everyone else he's just a pretty cool guy. Exactly. Then yeah, maybe exactly. you should let yeah, him yeah. see his son. Not yeah. even maybe, but you should definitely. No, let absolutely. Him see his son. Every mom should do whatever they can to allow the father access, no matter what the issue. So if, even if he's not paying maintenance and all that stuff, should he still see his I, son? He should. He should. I agree. I disagree with because that. that's not you know that's not the son's issue. Don't punish the son. For the father not paying money No the fair enough still, but The son still needs to see his father If you're not paying your ass Through that child's life 
How do you expect to to not get the same access to? Don't you think though that um, no, we guys. should find alternative methods to enforce uh, men's financial irresponsibility to their children, rather than denying their children the right to see their parents? One hundred percent, I agree. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's not but happening. You, the reality is, it's not happening. That's that's an but ideal don't, but don't world. Don't punish the kid for the dad's uh, lack of payment. I mean, I agree. Every man should be forced to pay maintenance if they can. Hundred percent. That's another issue. But don't let the kid suffer as a result of the father's uh, inability to pay. So now you're saying, I, 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 well, let me, let me, let me phrase it this way. So if you guys are saying that I don't have to pay maintenance, but I can still see my child, uh, it means then, like, I can. What? I can live in a house and I don't have to pay rent. No, no, we're saying they're different issues. We're saying that, you see, parents are there for the child, not the other way around. We are there for the kid. Right. And the kid needs a mom and the kid needs a dad. Right. So whatever issues the parents have between them around financial issues, etc., are separate to what we need to do for the kid. 100 percent. The, the, I mean, the, the the father should pay, and the courts have a, a, a means of of uh, enforcing that on yeah. on, on fathers. Mm-hmm. But don't deny a kid access just because of that, because you're punishing the son or the daughter because the father's not uh, paying money. So, so access should be delinked from finances, but finances should be 100 percent enforced mm. because every dad should yeah. pay for their kids. Hundred percent. Oh, because like I say, condoms cost 35 rand, diapers cost 350 rand. So. <laughs> You should have thought about that when exactly. you were trying to. Wow. Exactly. Okay, good one. Uh, you know, good one. So yeah, as Tamisha yeah. said, yeah. things happen. You know, shit mm. happens. Mm. You know, you, you do mistakes happen, even though they're foolish. And uh, the kid comes along, and and he needs the parents. Wow, this guy's a good dad, man. Like that's what you need to hear. No, hold up, Craig. I just want to say something. You know, the thing about fathers is a lot of people have grown up with the sense that a father is. The one who will rain wrath upon you um, uh, Should you do ma- make a mistake the, the, the famous saying is Wait till your father gets home <laughs> yeah. And uh, more yeah, than anything yeah. The lessons that you learn about discipline And that sort of thing Are based on I would say a negative starting point Because first you have to be punished yeah. And then uh, kind of learn your lesson from that But I found that the strongest fathers in my life uh, Including my father to a certain extent But people who weren't really even my father biologically Have been the kind of men who acknowledge my humanity and my my weakness as a man, just in general, that there's certain things that I, of course, I must go out there and try and control and be the best man that I can be. But even while I'm doing that, I'm going to, just put it plainly, I'm going to fuck up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yes, it's not okay that you fucked up, but mm. that happens. Mm. So now can we just deal with it? Totally. I mean, men men must nurture you know, we often think of nurturing as the domain of moms mm. exclusively, but it's not. I mean, I, I talk about fathers should have what I call the lap of grace. You know, your lap, the area around you, which is a place of grace. No matter what happens, <laughs> what, what, what's happened, what's gone down, no matter what, you know, because the worst bruises our kids get are not on their, on their bodies. It's uh, their minds and their hearts. They'd be able to come to you and receive forgiveness, love, mercy, grace. They need to feel mm. absolutely mm. okay in your in your presence. In your presence. No, okay. Don't don't go failing and expect a lap of grace on. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying you're gonna get something else. Look, I understand. One of you at the end of the day, like one must take responsibility for what they do, and and some mistakes can be avoided. Um, but don't you think, as part of a learning curve, the best way to learn is by first acknowledging that you know what there is such a thing as grace and forgiveness. Sure thing. And then from there, making sure that you don't. Sure do it thing. Again. But don't go failing and 
getting yourself go, pregnant go and oh, no, there'll be consequences. I mean, a father doesn't hold back on consequences, and a father's that's true, right? key role is, is more than is boundaries. You've got to set boundaries. I mean, kids operate very they're secure within boundaries, and fathers must have uncompromising boundaries. But when those within those boundaries, there's grace. So don't don't spoil the, the what don't, don't spoil. spare the the, the, the rod spare and the, rod. Spoil yeah. the child. I yeah. will smack how do you, your ass. How do you then deal with? Clap I've, that child. I've realized that children, you know, they, they, they might start out like, oh, you sweet bundles of joy, but they, they get their own personalities and there's oh, yeah. time when they're, mm. when they're very rebellious at mm. a very young age. How do you deal with that without necessarily wanting to introduce violence into the mix of discipline? You know, I, I didn't ever find that violence was necessary because if you, if you do all the stuff where you, if you love your kids, see them, um, uh, you know, absolutely love them. They know that you have their best interests at heart. They, your approval becomes very important to them. So, with, for instance, with my daughter, I just had to raise my voice slightly, and she'd be in tears because she wanted dad's approval. Why? Because I absolutely unconditionally loved her. So, if you try and bring discipline, this is what happens with a lot of guys. But you bring discipline without the love, it's a disaster. Oh. If you bring love without the discipline, it's also a disaster. Oh. Soft and mushy. You need absolute unconditional love and strong, firm boundaries, and the two work very well together. Okay. Then you don't need to get violent. I mean, there must be consequences. Mm. You know, and there are a whole range of things you can do as a parent. You can take away cell phones. You can, you know, ground. Okay. You can with, withhold benefits. You know, I mean, there are many different things you can do. You sort of, I suppose, in that way, you you teach your children about real life from a very early age. Because let's be honest, as grown-ups, we don't get punished for the mistakes we made always physically. No one comes and no. beats you up because no. you made a mistake at work, right? Yeah. But it might affect uh, how you get paid and the consequences. Fact, uh, your ability to to rise mm. uh, career-wise. In, in other things in life, for example, you get a fine if, if you are caught speeding. You're not going to get whipped. Correct. Um, because the fear and threat of violence turns a society into a violent society, as opposed to the fear of, co- of real consequences yeah. that have got nothing to do with violence but that have got to do with how you live real life, life is, real yeah. life issues yeah. actually you know help you to stop something if you're serious about it for example yeah. if you don't take care of your health it yes. will deteriorate sure. so no one's going to come and beat you no. <laughs> if, if they catch you not taking care of yourself not mm-hmm. taking your supplements but you will feel it for yourself the negative consequences the negative consequences yeah, yeah. so is that is that what you are, are saying that in terms of discipline um Fathers in this in now contemporary fathers going forward who wanted a different society must teach their children from an early age that you know the punishment in many ways will suit the crime mm-hmm. in that it's not going to be a stand you're not going to get a beating yeah. but mm-hmm. you're going to get something that's taken away from you that's probably more important to you Correct. and will will hurt you yeah. you know not, not physically or traumatize you but yes. will hurt you personally yep. more. And, and it's related to what you did. I mean, you break a window. I'm not going to smack you, but you're going to have to pay out of the pocket money for mm. the window. There's mm. consequences. Mm. You're too nice. Mm. You guys are too nice. No, but I, too I hear nice. what he's saying. No. I mean, I understand that. No. Let's think about you it. You guys are way so too nice. It's not even like your, 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 your nice. entire tuck shop money is taken away, right? But way you're used too nice. to you're used to having money for tuck shop, and I, and I suppose sometimes this only can work when the child is a little bit older. But you're used to having tuck shop money that you can you can buy certain things to the value of, and suddenly, uh, you know. Uh, two thirds of that is taken away for you to pay back for the window. You will remember the, the real consequence of that. That actually, and you will also associate your destructive behavior financially in that. With a very real life consequence. With a very real life consequence. I can't just go around breaking things. I can't go around vandalizing things because then my things will be taken away. Yeah. And then I have to, 
have to value other people's things as well because of that, because they put something into it. Yeah. The key with rules, though, is, you, is you've got to be very consistent with them. I mean, you've got to set those boundaries, and if they cross, there must be consequence. And you can't, you know, depending on your mood, one day there's a consequence, the next day there's no consequence. Okay. Or you can't be in a situation where, you know, dad says this, but you run to mom, and mom says something different. You know, it's got to be consistent and fair with consequence. So if you say something, if you say to your kid, you know, if you do this, I'm going to send you to your room, you've got to send them to your room if they do it. You can't turn back on that. Okay. And to do what in your room? Well, that's just an example. See, I love white people. Like, I wish I was raised by white. I was clubbed and you didn't have to go into any room. <laughs> but I reckon if I was just sent to my room when I was, like, really young, it would have been really sad because there was nothing, nothing in there. my room. <laughs> you take everything fun out of the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So actually, Even the bed. I, I, I would have You're that. talking like you were sent to your room. Did no, you? I wasn't. I was, exactly. You know, I found so, that, actually, I had to, as a man, as a grown man, realign my, my thought when it came to... To violence as a means of punishment And even in the way I, I was anxious about things You know, I remember going for counseling And my therapist saying Why are you afraid of certain consequences in life As if you are a little boy In other words, you're going to be punished like a little boy So for me, it's I'm going to be traumatized If I tell Mona BC that Actually, you know what, my guy um, Yesterday when I loaned your car As I was driving out I scratched it a bit Can we work on a way of me like Paying uh, back for the damage that I caused, mm. uh, and then then you and I can be honest with each other. I can I can actually do something about it as a man, and con- and continue with our friendship rather than mm, if I tell him the consequences are going to be anger and I don't know what else is going to happen. So I'd rather keep it a secret, and then that affects our friendship somehow. Hi, hi, hi. Okay, you're still not answering my ask. Me, I'm asking. I'm just saying that's what that's- happened when you stepped out of line. You get a smackdown, dude. And and are you still together today? What do you mean together? Are you did, did that traumatize you? It did. did. I had to go through a lot of. I still have to go through even more therapy <laughs> because of that. But I think that what when I say it also realigned my my thinking about violence. It also taught me that violence is not an, a solution. That as a man, you should have as as one of the the uppermost solutions but to any situation. Is it violence or is conflict. it correcting? Craig, have you ever had to smack your daughter or your son? I've never smacked my daughter. I've smacked my son twice. Given, and and it's it was under it was under the conditions of you, you first got to make sure you're not angry. Never ever ever do an anger. Okay, fair enough. Secondly, it's got to be um, it's done in in an environment where it's it's controlled and it's 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 explained. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I my this is my personal belief. And yeah. I absolutely believe spare the rod, spoil the child. I don't know if the rod necessarily is a hiding or a violence. I believe never, ever, ever as a man hit a girl. I just don't believe in that at all. As a son, I am open to the odd um, caning, but even that, I'm, I'm ambivalent. I'm not. I'm not. Right. I'm right. not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear what Tamisha's saying. I mean, if we teaching that the consequence of something is violence. That can definitely grow up into into uh, as an adult. My solution for when someone doesn't do but, what I say is to, is to exactly. Hit them. Don't you think that I think the biggest thing about uh, I'll, I'll put it into context: the South African man, how we speak. If you do A, B, or C, I'll moor you. Mm. Um, Which is not a you, solution. If you cut me off in traffic or you cause an accident, I'm going to get out of my car and I'm going to moor that oak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And moor is universal. English people mm-hmm. use it. Africans people use it. Black people yeah. use it. And we are a nation of mooras. You know what I mean? If she does this to me and when I come home and like she throws a plate at me or she throws something at me, I'm going to murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what, what happens is we don't look at what Craig is saying as perhaps 
a smack or a spanking yeah. as a, uh, a rational form of punishment that says to a, a child growing up, and it's very important for a child that there are certain things that if you do will have violent consequences. For example, yeah. if you are violent, you might get violent consequences yes. yourself. Yes. For example, if you murder in the old days of the death, death penalty or someone else will shoot you or things like that. There, I think it's vital. But not in all consequences do we teach our children that yeah. every mistake that you made will be uh, 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 fixed through that kind of violence. Yeah, so that you something take- very rare. I mean, one of the commentators says that the only time you should ever cane a boy is if he, if, he, if he's openly defiant. Yes. In any other situation, uh, and you know, it's. I think the jury's still out. Sure. I think one should tend towards not. Look, I, I've got I've got <clears throat> nephews, and they 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 push my boundaries. <laughs> I must be very honest. So now and then they do they do get a high, uh, like uh, a smackdown. Yeah, a proper one too. You know, obviously not on the face and and stuff. And mm. like you're saying, not over anger, but uh, guys, uh, you know, kids. Um, I mean, we we grew up just fine. Yes, I'd like to think so. But uh, these days, I mean, so? yeah, I'd like to think <laughs> so. You know, like like how do we how do we find the balance then to say, look, uh, you've defied one, two, three. So, so, so your daughter doesn't get a hiding. Does she get a hiding from her mom? Uh, I mean, no, how, I, I, how do you I just, I do think there's so many other ways of disciplining kids other than smacking them. There's so many different oh. ways. I mean, if you, if, if they love you and they love your approval, your disapproval is strong. Your consistency is strong. Withholding benefits. There's so many different ways of disciplining kids where they know what they've done is wrong and there's consequences. And I, I think that is the preferable way. Right. I, you are going on to number three, the most important things that you can give to your children. Right, right. Uh, before we go there, by the way, just in case you are still with us and you're listening from the top of the show, remember we told you what to do on Father's Day. Well, there is Father's Day at Lori Park happening from 10 a.m. on Sunday, and the ambassador animals will be out to meet and greet. There will also be talks about the role of fathers in various species. Dads and granddads get a discounted rate of 40 rand and 25 rand, respectively. Also, the Hyde Park Shopping Center, there's a man's pamper event in Pampering trends are happening in High Park. So uh, for all of us um, men who are metrosexual fathers, you can go and get pampered. And, of course, there will be gifts on display and uh, go to the Woolworths Court and be treated to uh, free workshops. Uh, yeah, I saw Kuku so Zulu so there uh, <laughs> the other day in his man cave, father-to-be. Craig, as as a new father, I mean, what would what would what styles, what dress code would you say? Does your dress code change as a dad uh, in terms of style? Does Dumisha tone down now? Wear, wear something <laughs> that is uh, puke resistant, eh? You know, does Dumisha tone down in his clothes? Not I at mean, all. Not at all. Be be who you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can be a stylish dad. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I learned from my father though is is how to dress uh, stylishly. He, you know, he was a corporate guy, so he wore suits every day. And I, I remember growing up and thinking, oh man, one day I want to be like dad and wear suits every day. And even as a very young boy, I, I, I got, I started wearing suits and mm. I really enjoyed that. I still do enjoy wearing suits to this day. Um, and, and like taking care of myself in that way and really getting dressed up. What about you, Monabis? Yeah, man. I, I, I think, uh, the one thing is, uh, I don't know. I think my, my, my tone of style has, has definitely changed. Uh, I used to figure suits were important and, and now actually I dress comfortably. 
because is that you, since you become a father, yeah, or, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it, right. it it doesn't mean you take the smartness away, but you just you, your level of of sharpness just well, you know, one of the guys was like dress sharp because you represent your family, exactly, you know, type of thing. But I mean, here's the thing, right? I think what is important is be yourself more than anything else. If you're the kind of father who dresses sharp, dress sharp. If you're the kind of father who's comfortable in jeans and a t-shirt, then be that kind of father because you're also teaching your children about just basically follow your example. Follow your example. Well, be, right? be authentic. Be, be, be real. Authentic, yeah. Be yeah. authentic in yeah. any situation because yeah. there's no point uh, wearing jeans and a t-shirt if you're not comfortable in it because you won't be authentic or vice versa. Being a guy who wears suits because that is conforming and, and, and especially as a man, you shouldn't just conform to society. You should change society. Yeah. But here's an interesting thing. My son the other day said to me, he said, Dad, you know the best times when I look back were when you would come, be home and you'd put your tracksuit on and your slippers. Because sure. then I knew you were going to be there. You know? ah, yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, that's yeah. very so, interesting. So they don't care how sharp you look. You know, They care mm. the fact that you're there and you love them. Yeah. Bottom yeah. line. Uh, Craig, uh, Kaya's also asking us, what the heck is time out? Craig? Please explain what timeout time is. Because we didn't grow up time with timeout, you know. We we yeah, grew I'm, up I'm with so smackout. What timeout is? Yeah, what is smackdowns. Timeout? Not a timeout. I mean, it's a, it's a grounding where you you can't go out. You're not allowed to go out. You've got to stick around. You, you know, your friends are going out, but you can't. Yeah, they, you were withholding you know, the benefits. Playing playing with their skateboards outside, and you have to sit in your exactly, room exactly, and, and do yeah, your homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's corporal The point is, you you know, punishment no. consequences is something that's unpleasant as a result of a bad action. That's that's all it is. And you got to figure out what those are for you. What about giving them chores? Chores is another one. Yeah. You get to wash the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> they should be doing that anyway. They should exactly be. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must say, you know, there's there's a fine line between what what is considered punishment and and and, you know, I'm I'm actually wondering. There's a friend of mine who actually made a promise. He says, because he knows that his anger sometimes gets the best of him, mm. he'll never ever like smack his girl. Yeah. Because mm. he knows how, how he gets. I know how traumatizing that can be. I mean, huh? a, a recent example is a family member who, uh, was, you know, found his daughter, his teenage daughter. I think she was about 15 at the time. And, and he suspected that late at night, a uh, certain neighbor, male neighbor had come into the house and they were together. And then, uh. Then I believe you should smack him. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, well, he, there was no, Substantial evidence to prove it, but you know, he, he, as a father, I suppose, really had, had this feeling and, and he, you know, he beat his teenage daughter, you know, um, oh, to him, that? it was, it was a beating, a, a, a not sparing the rod, but you know, with the way a teenage daughter sees it is it was, uh, almost like it was abuse. And I think it's traumatized her in, 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 a, sure. in a huge, huge way. And, and, and even though you can see that they've worked on their relationship a little bit, uh, and, and it's better, I think there's something there that's kind of mm. broken. Man, man should never, but was, a man but should never beat she, a woman. Did, did that dude neighbor come through and? In the end, it was, it was, it, you know, she admitted that, that, that guy did come through. And the rules of the house are that you, you're not allowed to have a, a, a boy in your room at any time, especially at, at night and without permission and, and all that. But, um, you know, it's always easy to judge when it's not your children. So I, I'm saying I don't know, but all I'm saying is looking at those consequences, I'm not really sure if that was the best thing. And, and I can't say because I'm I don't sure, have I'm my sure own children. I'm sure it wasn't, to be honest. I'm I don't sure have it wasn't. my own children. I don't have a daughter who's, who's a teenager. Um, and, and, and also, I mean, I think our children see from what we do. So even as a father, I think the, the, the daughter also saw that the father, there's certain things that he's lacking in terms of, you know, being either faithful to the mom and that sort of thing. And, and maybe she was acting out. Yeah. Well, that's where it comes back to, you know, how am I as a man? That's where it comes back, I think, yeah. to haunt you as a man. You yeah. know, how am I as a man? But 
at the same time, how do I um, still instill discipline, even though I might not be perfect myself? And I think that might be a good uh, place to go right now. Yeah, where, parting point. Yeah. Um, you know, you might not be perfect yourself, but mm. it's not about always do as I do, but sometimes it's do as I say, because I might not be perfect, but I know what's best for you as my child. But there has to be some degree of uh, integrity between what you do and what you say. If there isn't, your kids are never going to listen to you. I mean, you saying don't smoke and you're puffing away. You know, what kind of message? You know, that's just that's just silly. You can't. She's guilty of that. eh? I mean, but the point is, you know, if you if you want your kids to read, read. Show them. If you want your kids to be in shape, be in shape. If you want them to eat well, eat well. I mean, it's 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 a very simple fact. They are what you do is far more powerful than what you say to your kids. So there's got to be. I think the the issue about not being perfect is absolutely we're not perfect. And I think if you honest with your kids about not being perfect, and men are often we struggle with this. You know, we We we, struggle because, like you just said, I mean, if I'm setting an example, right? For example, Mm. um, I'm I'm saying to my my kids, uh, you you've got to do your homework. But they're like, but dad, you're watching TV right now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, yes, I've gone past the homework mm-hmm. doing stage, but it's now your turn. How do you make them do something that you might not be doing? And I'm not talking about something like outrageously like bad in, in whatever sense that we look at bad, but something that for them is, is a non-negotiable, whether I'm doing it or not. The reality is you can't really, because if you saying do this, but your life doesn't reflect that, they're not going to listen to okay. what you say. They're right. going to go elsewhere and find other examples, All right. and, and they're going to they're going to look at you and not respect you. So there's no way around living with integrity with kids. I mean, they see, especially teenage kids, they see, <laughs> they they see and they mm. know. But when you do mess up, and I found this is so important, you tell your kids, you know, sorry, I, you know, that was wrong. Dad shouldn't have done that. Huge word that I think we need to like, you know, end I, on. It's not integrity. in my dictionary. Integrity, because at the end of the way, at the end of the day, integrity is really just about living your most authentic self, isn't yeah. it? And being able maybe to say here in this in this particular place in my life, I'm not perfect. Yes. But I acknowledge that I'm not perfect at that, and I'm working at it. And yes. you can see yes. that sometimes when I fall. However. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Yeah. In fact, let's work on it together. 100%. I'm not saying you're allowed to do the mm. same thing, but I'm saying while I'm making a change, mm. watch me struggle through it maybe nice. and see for yourself how if you take this path down down in, in life, mm. you might have a similar struggle. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to show you that maybe you don't have to have the struggle at all. And, and I think maybe that's a, that's a, that's a huge that's great. shift in terms of how we talk to our yeah. children as yeah. fathers. But thinking back now, and I love my father very much, that's one of the, the biggest things that I miss about our conversations in terms of I struggle with that as well, but I am working on it. I'm yes. not even going to hide it. Maybe yes. I struggle with my anger. Yes. You know, um, but I'm working on it. That doesn't mean anger is the right thing for Absolutely me. Absolutely right. Yeah. But you're honest about it. Yeah. And you because, because sometimes uh, we grow up thinking our fathers and our parents are perfect. Yeah. And they have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, and once we grow up and, and that, that is shattered because the reality is you can see that definitely yes. not perfect. It does something to you, it which. Does. Um, makes you not have the ability to either act with integrity or try too hard to be perfect and hide things. But is it? Are you not trying to get the best of both worlds to what suits you? So you are a father when it suits you, and then all of a sudden now the the, the discipline that comes with it is is now put on the side. And, and I mean, Craig, how do you balance that? No, you, you, I mean, if you are living two separate lives and your kids catch you, and then you say, uh, you know. 
That's not always what we're saying. We're saying you're living an authentic real life and you're teaching your kids what you believe is good and right for them. Yeah. And you're doing your utmost to live that as well. Right. But because you are human, you sometimes, uh, you know, you lose your temper when you know you shouldn't lose your temper. You then apologize. You say, you know, so it's not like you've got a license to lose your temper. You don't. You, you have the fact is you've done it and you go to your kitchen and say, I'm very sorry. Dad lost his temper and that's wrong. It's yeah. wrong to lose a temper. See what happens when it, you know, everyone gets scared, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want you to be like that and, and I'm sorry and I'm working on it. I've never heard my dad apologize. Dimish, have you ever heard your dad apologize? Uh, I think as I got older, my dad has apologized more. But when I was growing up, that was one thing that I struggled with. Um, just hearing him say, look, uh, I'm sorry for that. Never heard. But I remember the, 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 the moment that it, it, you know, the best moment of my life, I'd actually destroyed, almost destroyed my father's brand new car on Christmas Day. And I was a little bit older. And he got really upset about it. But on the way to work, because we used to work in the same company in my first job. Hey, Bo. Uh, he says to me while we're driving, you know, um, I'm not happy about what happened with, with you and my car. And I was very, very angry. But I want you to know that I love you and we'll be okay. Um, what, what, expressing my anger the way I did maybe wasn't right. And I'm not happy about what you did. But let's, let's try to get past this together. I was like, wow, dude. This dude is so amazing. And from that day on, I had such a huge respect for my father that I think helped me realize how to be a better human being so that I don't lose his, his approval. Great. Hi. <clears throat> All right. Well, on that note, we say a goodbye. Yeah. And we will see you again. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> we out of here. Yeah. We're leaving with Maroon 5 and it's uh, sugar free until we meet again. From us at the Black Life team, it's adios. Happy Father's Day, everybody.